Welcome to Attune and Align, the podcast. I'm your host, Marissa Lavalette, and I'm the founder of Attune and Align, a community for women who attune to the calling of their heart and take action to align their lives accordingly. Thank you so much for joining us today, and I'm so glad you're here. On Attune and Align podcast, we showcase the stories of real women who say yes to their dreams and do whatever it takes to manifest the outcomes they want to see in their lives. We hope you'll leave today's episode feeling inspired, energized, and excited to take your very own first step on your own journey towards living a fulfilling life on your own terms. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you to my friend, Danielle Polini. Danielle started her career, like many San Francisco residents, working in tech. While she had a number of amazing job experiences working as a designer, researcher, and strategist, she found herself craving more connection with customers, longing to see them get the transformation they were promised. After a particularly frustrating time in her life, She took the leap and started doing something that allowed her to get closer to her clients. You guessed it. That's how she became the brand photographer she is today. Welcome, Danielle, to the podcast. Hello. Hello. Yes. Thank you for your time and energy. I want to dive right in. And I want to hear from you. You know, tell us about your journey, your personal journey, your professional journey, your entrepreneurial journey that led you to create a studio for personal brand photography? How does one arrive at that juncture? Yeah. So, I mean, as you mentioned in the bio, I, you know, typical San Francisco job, I was working in tech and I did love it as a UX designer and researcher. And I just remember I was like on the 13th floor of the of a building in the financial district. And I was looking out at this gray San Francisco day. And I just, in my mind was like, this is not it. Like I cannot do this anymore, which was really scary at the time because I invested so much time in becoming a UX designer. I was really good at research. Uh, I loved working with customers and I loved who I worked with, but I was just like, this is not how I'm going to spend the next, what, 30 years or so of my life (laughs) while I'm like waiting to retire. You know, like that was just not what I wanted to do. And it was really scary thought. And I didn't really know at first what to do with it, but I just kind of gave myself the permission to be like, what, what else is there for me? Like, what do I want to do? And the first thing that came to me obviously was photography. And I was like, I'm just going to start, I'm just going to start doing it. And here I am three years later with my own photography business, really like getting to work with the clients in the way I want to and showing up very vulnerably, but also helping women show up as well. So it's been a trip, but I love it. (laughs) Danielle, you're really doing my job for me. You're making my job really easy because one of the questions I tend to ask a couple minutes from now, what was your aha moment? You know, when did the light bulb go off and you're like, man, I got to get out of here. Not that it was necessarily a bad situation, but like you said, waiting to retire. Yeah. Question, hang on a second. This idea for photography, this passion, were you already involved in photography at that point or was it a brand new idea that popped into your head? 
this is probably in every photographer's bio, but they're like, I was always into it as a kid. I was always into it as a kid, but never really felt like I was given the permission to do it, if I will be honest. And I really just had found myself at my tech job reading a photography book, like how to shoot in (laughs) manual mode. Like that was how I spent most of my days. Incredible. Just like secretly reading it on my Kindle. You know, what's the Kindle web browser at work? And I was like, why is this how I'm spending my time? Like this must mean something. And I was playing with my manual camera, which I had bought, but like never touched because I was too afraid to shoot in manual modes. I was, yes, kind of into it, but never had really given myself the permission to go for it. So I think when I had that scary moment, I went for it. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like your experience really resonates with the thousands and millions of women out there who, you know, they're at work, (laughs) they open up like an incognito browser window on the computer. And and it's like, what are they reading about? Well, they're reading about their passion project and how to get started. It's like the word permission is coming up as a theme. So Mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit more about that? And in your opinion, are women sitting around waiting for permission or are there certain people in our lives who we should be reaching out to for support? How is permission playing out for you? Yeah, I think that's a good question. I, I don't know that I really needed it, but I feel like I did a lot in my life before that where it was like, you should go to college and do this. You should major in something that will make you money. You should do this. You should have a job in tech and you should love it. And you should be happy commuting on BART every day (laughs) to work. And you should be happy that you live in San Francisco and that you have a magical job and you have health insurance. And Mm -hmm. I think there was just a lot of, I spent a lot of time with what I should Mm -hmm. be doing. And the shoulds. Yeah. Giving permission was really just like, I don't have to do anything anyone says. (laughs) I can live my life on my own. Yeah. Terms. Tell us a little bit about what it's like to work with a regular photographer versus someone who is specifically a brand photographer. That's a good question. I would say it's really important. Like there are definitely photographers that do it all. They're good. They're great. But I think someone once said to me, when you're looking for a wedding photographer, you want someone that knows how to deal with weddings and do it right. So you want someone that exclusively focuses on that. And I think that holds true for brand photography or really any business in general, like you want the expert in that. And someone that focuses on brand photography knows how to get you at angles, knows how to bring in props, how to dress you, how to keep the timeline going, how to advise you and really get content that will actually resonate with your audience and that you can actually use. Whereas someone that does a bunch, like, yes, they will get you pretty photos and that is great, but you really want someone that can understand how to like bring your business forward or like get you to your goal and really knows brand photography. So then tell us about your client, like who is the type of woman, you know, who's coming to your Instagram or visiting Mm. your website? What is it that they are looking for? What is it that they are trying to bring to life? That's funny because I'm going to bring up permission again, but (laughs) my potential client calls, working with my clients and then seeing what they do after everyone is coming for just another level of confidence to like show up and go after their dreams. And they don't, they're at a point where they just don't want to do it alone or they can't do it alone because it is really scary to like put yourself out there, especially when you're first starting to do it and get on Instagram or like email or make a website. You're like, Oh my God, I'm like exposed. Like I remember like not being able to sleep at night. Cause I was like, I'm so exposed now. So you want someone to be there. That's like a trusted partner. And I love being that person for people. Like here's what we're going to do. You have a plan. You're not alone. I'm going to share all your stuff too. Like you're not going to feel like a total weirdo putting yourself out there. You're going to show up as yourself and feel good about it. 
You know, so I'm a hypothetical, right? Let's pretend I'm <laughs> someone who has just decided, hey, I need a brand photographer and I connect with you and the energy is great. It's like, do we meet up for the shoot the next day or is there some kind of homework involved? Like what is the getting ready process? Like, that's a great question. I would say there's probably brand photographers out there that are like, yeah, we can do it tomorrow. Just tell me what you want. I'm not that brand photographer. (laughs) I think there's an impression that you just show up and get pretty photos, but there's a lot that goes into it. And I think it's really important to think about props that come in, where you're going to do it, what message you're sending, what you wear. Are you keeping things consistent? Because the point of brand photography and a personal brand is to build trust. And you do that really well by like showing up consistently, showing up consistent colors, saying the same thing, getting people to relate to you and and talking about things outside of just what you do. So that takes a little more planning than just, hey, next day, let's do this, right? So that's how I usually set up my packages. Thank you for providing that insight. I wanted to hear from you about... I think I've heard you mention it and some other brand photographers mention it. Meet up with a brand photographer and get like three months of your content done in one yeah. day or get like six months of your content done in one day. Can you say a little bit more about that? It sounds awesome. Give me a little bit more on how do we actually pull that off in just a couple hours? Yeah, great question. So how I structure it is I learn everything about your business possible I may talk to your ideal clients. I may dig in deeper with your competitors and just see how we can differentiate you. So I'll do a lot of research up front as to what you should be talking about in the space or how to differentiate yourself and really connect with the people you want to. So that leads into like, here's your three-month plan, like down to here's the theme you're going to stick to. Here's what you can talk about. Here's the actual shot we're going to get and pull that all together And from there, when we have a shot list, we know what we're going after. We know what we're trying, like we're using to keep you consistent, like colors, whether it's wardrobe, certain themes, whatever makes sense to keep your consistency. Then we'll make a shot list. I'll help you pick out wardrobe items. I have like a wardrobe style guide. Then we'll pick out props that make sense and we'll get you hair and makeup if that makes sense for you. And from there, it's really important to like, feel good, get ready. You've got this. We bring it all together on one day and then I will just get all the content for you. Maybe we split it up in two days, maybe it's one, but we do everything we can to get you as much content. And I think the value of having three months or six months is because we continuously need content and you don't want to spend every weekend making content. Like I used to do that and I hated it. My husband hated it. Like the goal is really to get you this like bank of content to pull from. So you can just pull in six months to your Planoly or whatever you use have it all there, know what you're going to talk about, plan it for a week, maybe two weeks at a time. And it's like, you don't have to think about it. You can move on and do things that are more important to you and not spend your time creating content and draining yourself doing that. (laughs) Yeah. Danielle, I'm smiling because I'm ready to be like a rebel podcast host here. I'm I'm going to go off script. (laughs) I'm going off script because you said, you said something that just like, it's a question I always have on my mind. And I've been meaning to ask a photographer. You mentioned yeah. your husband and you mentioned yeah. how like he was really not digging the weekend long content <laughs> creation. Yes. Yes. How much have you roped your husband into your content creation? And and like, what do you hear from your clients or people coming to you? Like, 
My husband yeah. refuses to take any more pictures. <laughs> I've just been wanting to settle the score on this right now because I make my husband take yeah. a lot of my Instagram pictures. I mean, yes, my husband, I I mean, I planned my whole brand photo shoot this year because of COVID, he had to execute it. And it was, <laughs> it was a lot of boundary discussion ahead of time. It was yeah. a lot of like, this is how you do it. And then I, I do feel like his artistic style <laughs> was not on point. So sometimes with the photos, and I'm like, I could have done this better. And I, I feel bad because he did so much work, but yeah, I do hear that a lot. And I think some husbands, significant others, friends, family members are totally fine doing that. My husband has, you know, great boundaries. And it's like, I just don't want to do this all the time. I'm not a photographer. This is not my life. And there's obviously people that are like professionals that can do it. So yeah, people do come to me like either they're tired of doing it themselves with like a tripod or trying to make reels and like be all cute about it or they're out of ideas or yes, their husband is like husband, partner, wife, just is like, you need someone else to do this for you. Like I'm tired, <laughs> but it is a common thing and it, and it makes yeah. sense because when you're starting out or like, if it's not a priority to pay for photography, which is fine, you just have someone do it for you really quick or you just have someone hold up and people make it work and that's totally fine. I cannot handle that right, <laughs> personally. And I know there's other people that can, but I really want, I want good stuff. All right. So we're at the point now where it's like husbands, friends, significant others. They're pretty much done. You know, they're putting the kibosh on the picture taking. <laughs> so at this point, yes. You know, now someone has spoken with you and, and I have seen your wardrobe style guide, by the way, and oh, just yeah. totally blown away by that. Like that guide in and of itself is a beautiful piece of content masterpiece. So people are thinking about, you know, their wardrobe, color consistency, hair and makeup, if that aligns with what they're working on. And then you yeah. mentioned like props and like recurring themes, recurring images, would yes. next be a good time for us to start talking about pizza? Oh gosh. <laughs> yes. Pizza. Always pizza. So tell me about pizza and the role pizza plays in your life and your brand and how your audience expects it from you at this point. Yes, it is. Pizza is definitely what people <laughs> yes. remember about me and how people relate to me. It is a very big part of my life and my brand. I started just, I really started making pizza from scratch, like the dough. When I had this like six month period that I was off of work, like I need something to do to get rid of my anxious energy. And I just realized how much I loved making like this tangible thing and like working with the dough and just became a huge part. Like every week there was a pizza night. I got really into it. So it just felt really authentic for me to talk about that as I was building my brand and my photography business. It's been an amazing thing to share because like I have clients that give me, I have pizza earrings. <laughs> I've one seen of my clients those. I think you've worn them in one of your pictures. I, I love like, that. Seriously? <laughs> Even her earrings are pizza. Yes. Yes. I love that. Like I treasure them. They're on my nightstand. I like and love these gifts so much. That is an important part of personal branding is talking about what you love and what you do in your life outside of it right. that you're comfortable sharing, obviously. But like, for me, people remember that about me and it's how they relate to me. And it's how like, there are a ton of names on Instagram. Like there's a ton of people out there, like you gotta get them to remember you some way. So that, I think that's a really important piece of personal branding is having these like pillars that you talk about over and over again. Like I post about pizza yeah. once a week. My monthly newsletter is like called Pizza with Danielle. And it's like, we're, I, there's a pizza recipe every month. I, yeah, I saw that in the last one. Yeah. 
And I think the key though is like, you present your pizza on brand. So it's like, you have this really cool semi-nomadic lifestyle. It's like you at a really (laughs) cute pizza place in San Francisco. And then a week later, it's like, the pizza slices lounging poolside in Palm yes. Springs. It's like yes. chronicling your travels and your movements through pizza. So that is one on-brand pizza. Yes, I love it. My themes are definitely like back and forth between Palm Springs and San Francisco, pizza, working from the pool, and then just like highlighting all and showcasing all my clients' work that they're putting out there. How do you guide clients towards honing in on something like that? Like for you, it was obviously pizza. Is there anything you inspire, you encourage them to look at for inspiration, whether it's like books, food, TV? What formats do you suggest if someone is feeling stumped on like, well, what should I share about myself? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. So it's usually something that we take care of right away in like the kickoff call that we have. And oh, and I'm trying to get to know your brand better. And I really try to get people to focus on three to five. I think three is easier. Five just is a lot, but people mm-hmm. do it. I have actually a blog post about it where there's like questions you can ask or like things you can think about. But I think if you're really stuck, go to like a friend or a family member and just say, Hey, what's one thing? Like when you think of me, what do you think of? Or like, what's one thing you remember the most about me or just like putting that out there. And you'll be surprised what people will say and help you come up with. Like, I think crowdsourcing some ideas always gets you out of your head. If there's nothing like you're too attached to, I think people just get afraid that they don't have anything interesting about themselves when they, they definitely do. There's something about everyone that's interesting. Your story is interesting. You're always a relatable human. So don't get too worried, but actually ask for help. Like put it out there and say like, when you think of this person, what do you think of? Just, just put it out there to your family and friends. And I'm sure you'll get some ideas or just it will spiral from there. That is really, really helpful. I think, and even speaking from my own experience over the years, as I transitioned from like full-time nine to five work to figuring out how to run my own business, there was that idea that in the beginning, that misconception that okay, the only way I can do this is if I figure everything out on my own. Like all the answers have to come from within and you know I have to hack away at all my problems. And then about three, four weeks into that, three or four days into that, it's like, man, I got to ask other people for help and something like that. I love your suggestion yeah. for that idea of crowdfunding. <laughs> crowdfunding. You can see what's on my mind right now. <laughs> Crowdsourcing. I might leave that in there. We might not edit that out. There's plenty of entrepreneurship themes in this podcast. Yeah, but that idea that other people can give you great feedback and then that makes your own work so much easier. Yeah. Yeah, because sometimes you just get stuck in your own head and you want it to be perfect. And I think just starting and writing out ideas on your own and then yeah. ask other people, like yeah. you'll, you'll come up with stuff. Here's another question I want to ask you, and it comes up in Insta stories and all over social media. I'd love to hear you weigh in. Does everybody have a personal brand? Yes. If you are a human who is relatable or has a story, which is everyone, you have a personal brand. A personal brand is really about building trust and a relationship with an audience. And I think anyone can do that as long as you're willing to like show up be consistent and put yourself out there. Like you definitely have a personal brand. That's really helpful because I've heard from some people who are like, maybe they have an idea or a passion project. And for example, they don't plan to monetize it. 
it seems, you know, money is such a determining yeah. factor with things. And people are like, oh, well, I don't plan on it, on making any money from this or generating any revenue. So no, I don't have a brand. I don't need a brand. I couldn't disagree more. It's like, yeah, yeah, you do. Because like what you share, yeah. whether it's social media or your newsletter, or your website, like you said, it's building trust. It's a reflection of your values. Yeah. 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 And even as people, it's like, like, what do people say about you when you're not in the room? Yeah. Or like she's a go-getter or like she's <laughs> landed pizza. You know, it, it's kind of something like that. Like your personal brand is out there, whether you right. want it to be or not. Like, what are you putting out there? What energy are you giving? And what do people consistently get from you? So Danielle, I want to hear from you on your perspective. When someone is planning a brand or planning their content pillars, for example, is it just things that you like? Or is it worthwhile to focus a brand on your ideal client or predicting some of the things that people might like if they're the type of person that you think you want to work with? What would you advise in that situation? When we're saying strictly like personal brand, I think it should be bringing in like elements of who you are and so people can relate to you. And then when you get into your content and what you talk about like in your caption, like let's say your themes are. I'm going to give an example from my last client, hats working from home and like palm trees. Maybe palm trees aren't directly related to your ideal client, but you can have a photo of you with a palm tree and just use that as a means to actually talk to your audience about a thing that matters to them, Mm -hmm. like relate to them, like talking about growth or like being taller or growing bigger and like how to connect to them in that way. I would say mm-hmm. what you put in your captions needs to show a transformation or directly relate to something that they're struggling with or a challenge they have or show like inspiration. So yes, you can like add both as you're talking about personal brand, but I think personal brand is going to be more how people relate to you. And then in like captions and what you're sharing and how you make a palm tree relate to your client is really where you're going to show them like what what's possible what they need to hear and like the transformation stories. You know, that is really helpful. And especially the example of the palm tree, because I always wonder on social media, for example, whatever the image is, does my caption 100% of the time have to be about that thing? Like, does it literally have to be about the palm tree? No, it doesn't. The goal of like those three themes is like people see consistently hats from her and palm trees and her working remote. And then whatever she talks about can be completely different or just should be show like transformation stories or something about her or what's going on or I'm traveling, things like that. It doesn't have to directly read to the photo. I see so many people that just like, here's a pretty photo of the <laughs> desert. And okay. let me talk about something completely different. Got so just it. seeing like a palm tree every week is like, oh, this person's really into this. I right. remember her for this. Like it just, it captures them every time. So and then when they dig yes. deep, yeah. When they dig deep, they're like, oh, this is what she's talking about. Yeah. They get to know you better. Got it. Okay. So you're spending a lot of time getting your clients ready, digging deep, honing in on their brand pillars, figuring out what hat they're going to wear, what palm tree or pizza they're going to get involved in their project. And then you also have this semi-nomadic lifestyle going on, splitting your time between different parts of California. That all sounds like a very busy and fulfilling schedule. So what about the part for you? Can you tell us a little about your self-care, a wellness regimen, practices that keep you feeling grounded, balanced? 
yeah, give us some insight there. Yeah, I definitely realized, especially in the last year, that I have like the best of intentions for my fitness and (laughs) meditation and nutrition. But if I don't put it in my calendar or make a schedule or plan, it just won't happen. So like, like if I decide day to day what workout I'm going to do, it just doesn't happen. Like if it's not in my calendar, I won't do it. So I've really had to get intentional about like, I made a spreadsheet of like, this is the meal you're having at this time. Like then I go to the grocery store and I get those ingredients. So I don't have to make decisions. I think the decision fatigue can hold me back. So my self-care is like planning, like putting it in my calendar I have a meditation break actually at 3 p.m. where I'm like, you need to sit for five minutes. Otherwise I won't do it. And then I'll right. be You'll like, just keep going aggressive through, yeah. all day, the rest of the day. And like, why am I so annoyed right now? And it's like, you skipped your meditation break. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> That's your problem. Or you didn't eat lunch. You know, like I have to put lunch in my schedule or prioritize it all the snack. That is really helpful. I can think about it, but if it's not on the schedule, it's not happening. Yeah. Very, yeah. very helpful especially when you're now home, it's like all day. You just, you're like, I could just stay in this desk or like, I could just sit in this chair and do nothing and forget like you need to take care of yourself. Yeah. The hours, especially if you're working from home or they just blur together. (laughs) Yeah. Danielle, how about general advice for anyone listening who thinking back to the beginning of the conversation, maybe they are in their cubicle right now and Mm -hmm. they're like, I'm not doing this for another 30 years. And they have a little idea. (laughs) (laughs) They have a little idea for a passion project or a side gig or a business, a piece of advice for them. What could you offer even just in terms of getting started or taking the first few steps? I think as a recovering perfectionist, I heard someone say this and it really helped me out as well. Ask yourself this question whatever you're thinking of, whatever you want to do, just how can this be easy? How can I make this easy? What small thing can you do right now just to start? And once you write that down, think about that, you'll be surprised when you just take one action, how much things grow and like mm. snowball from there. Because you always want to go to the end thing. Like oh, I have to get to this. I have to be a yep. photographer with 10 clients. And you're like, no, yep. you need to start by like, stop reading the book and take photos of people or just put yeah. it out there, you know, like put it out there that you're doing shoots, even if it's for free. Yeah. How could this be easy? How could you just start right now without thinking about 10 years down the line where you want to be? That's so helpful because as critical thinkers, we tend to jump ahead to the part of the problem that's going to be the hardest. Mm-hmm. And that can be a non-starter. But like you said, just pick one thing, the easiest thing and, and start from there. I like that, yeah. Danielle. Easier said than done. So I mean, yes, I was going to say that too. (laughs) I'm going to write that down somewhere and and as a reminder. Yeah, I have a post of that. Like, how can this be easy? Because I Mm. I am totally an overthinker, perfectionist, wants to be very strategic. So I have to remind myself, like, this can be easy. Just start somewhere. Got it. That is really, really helpful. Okay, Danielle, it is time for some of the quicker questions to wrap us up. And these are fun. People get to know you a little bit better. Let's kick us off. So Danielle, what's your favorite thing about living in Palm Springs? Being warm versus San Francisco (laughs) where I always felt cold. (laughs) Yep. All right. Love that one. I'm on board. Danielle, what are you currently reading? We Should All Be Millionaires by Rachel Rogers. Oh, awesome. What's your favorite pizza topping? Any veggie with pine nuts pizza. Oh, Kale, broccoli. 
trying to think. I've even done beets. Yeah. Avocado, which is surprisingly great. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so it sounds like though the essential element is the pine nut. Yes. You like you just really give that, that flavor. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Got it. Danielle, what's your biggest goal in 2021? I want to create more space for myself in the world and take up space and do the things I want to do more. What's a big revelation you had during the pandemic and quarantine throughout 2020 that you don't want to forget in 2021? Yeah, I I think I realized that I was just rushing around everywhere and making too many plans when actually like I like to be at home a lot. I like to have alone time, not, you know, go off and be like a hermit, but prioritize my time and show up when I am ready to show up and be present and not just rush around everywhere. Oh, I can get on board with that too. That, that re- <laughs> really, really resonates. Danielle, for everyone who's listening, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you, follow along with you, learn more about what you do? What are some of the best ways to connect? You can find me on Instagram at Danielle Polini Photography. You can also DM me from there. Sometimes messages get lost because <laughs> it's Instagram and there's just too much going on. But yes. I am on Instagram. You will see some fun work. You'll see some funny reels, lots of pizza there. You can also go to my website and it has my email address and you'll learn more about what I offer. And you can read my blog about pizza (laughs) and see some past client work. Danielle, thank you so much for your time and energy. And thank you so much for sharing some tidbits from the life of a personal brand photographer. I appreciate you. Yes, thank you for having me. This is fun. I will close us out. This has been a Tune and Align podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune into our conversations. And more importantly, thank you for taking the time to tune into the power of your own dream. We'd love to hear your questions and engage with you over on our socials. Follow Attune and Align and post your questions for Danielle and for our community in our feed. Tag us whenever you're taking action to attune to your heart and align your life using our hashtag Attune and Align. We can't wait to see what your heart will ask you to do next. My name is Marissa Lavalette, and from the bottom of my heart, thank you for taking this time to get clear on the things you want to manifest in the life of your dreams. A woman living a life that aligns with her soul creates a powerful ripple effect in her relationships and in her communities. When you live your best life and shine your unique gifts, you give permission for others to begin to do the same. Now go shine your life.